Comcast Business gives you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch a movie from our youth to see if it holds up by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we're going to be talking about Pretty Women. And I tried so hard not to sing there. Um, <laughs> and I did it, yay. Which was released in the US on the 24th of March 1990 and in the UK and Ireland on June the 1st 1990. It was written by J.F. Lawton and directed by Gary Marshall. Stars Richard Gere, Julie Roberts, uh, Ralph Waite... Uh, Jason Alexander and Hector Elizondo. Elizondo. So what will happen is this. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each, and they could be major problems or they could be silly pointless ones. We will take turns in going through them one at a time, and neither knows what the other has picked. At the end, we'll both have one positive thing to say about the movie each. So do you have any history with this movie? Well, um, let me tell you a tale. Okay. Um, I don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a tale. No, I know. The tale is upcoming. Okay. So, incoming. I, I can't speak today. Anyway, when I was in high school in 1991, um, I was in... I, I took drama, and I was the only boy in the drama class. Uh, there was uh, 12 girls. So one day the teacher said, we're going to do a reenactment of a film. And um, you pick what the film is and then um, reenact it to the best of your knowledge. And the group I was in picked Pretty Women. Now, me being a, what was a then 13-year-old boy, possibly, um, hadn't seen Pretty Women. <laughs> Um, it's not really something that I would go and rent out of the video shop. So, I just let these girls just do these scenes, and then I was told to do certain things. Like, I was playing Hector Elizondo's part. Okay. But, I, me having never seen the film, um, didn't know how to portray him, so I played him as like a, a stiff, upper lip British guy, English guy. So I was all, oh, 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 I say, kind of thing. And um, one of the memories I have of it, the memory I have of the whole thing, apart from my lines, was um, the fact that we had to censor things. We weren't allowed to swear. So they did the whole Cinderella scene. These two girls did the Cinderella scene. But instead of saying Cinderella, they said Cinderella. <laughs> So that is my experience with Pretty Women. Um, but no, I saw it later on in life. Uh, I've seen it a few times now. So this one's all on you, Jen. <laughs> I, assume, I assume you have history with this film. Yeah. Um, when it came out, I would have been eight. Mm-hmm. And my mom did not want me to see it. Uh, although I didn't really, like, it's not like I expressed 
interest in seeing it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why my mom would have said that. It may have just gone along with she didn't want me to watch rated R movies. I don't know. But I remember knowing that, like, like finding out she didn't want me to see it. And I was spending the night at a friend's house, and I would have been in third grade. I actually remembered this as being younger, but that's impossible since it came out in 1990. And uh, my friend's mom rented it and showed it to us. And my mom was pissed when she found out, and I could not figure out why. And that's something I've kept in my head as a parent, because sometimes you're watching something and you're like, oh, I wouldn't want my kid to see this because, you know, there's prostitution or whatever. Kids don't fucking know anything. Like, I watched it and I didn't, I understood that she did some, like, she worked on the street and did something maybe that was bad or something. Although, mm. let's respect sex workers. Um, yeah, of course. But yeah, my my mom had had a problem with it, and I didn't see it again until um, New Year's uh, 2000. It was the last movie I saw of the previous century. Uh, for some reason, right. that's what my friends and I picked out to watch. We weren't really paying that much attention. Uh, we were drinking one of the only times in my youth that I drank. And um, so it's like I saw it once when I didn't understand it, and then another time when I wasn't totally paying attention. And I caught bits and pieces on TV here and there. So technically, this was my third time seeing it. And it was my first time understanding it and paying attention. (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, one of the reasons I picked it is, I mean, it's not like it's a beloved movie of my youth, although I did enjoy it. Um, But it's that I've heard people complain about it throughout the years. And I was like, well, this will be a slam dunk. We will find so many problems (laughs) with this movie. And it'll be great because uh, I, you know, we're both kind of worried after we watched a movie called Run a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And we just didn't really have a lot of problems with it. Not that nope. it was good. We just didn't have a lot of problems with it. Nope. And that was my fault. <laughs> so that's why we did the Goonies instead. But that's part um, of it. that's part of it, right? Though, like, yeah. if you're, we're watching movies from our youth, and some of them are movies like, like I still watch Can't Really Wait, right? So, like, I knew yeah. what I was going to be getting into. But some of them are movies we haven't watched since we were younger, and um, you expect there's going to be problems, and sometimes there just aren't, <laughs> or yeah. there aren't there aren't for you, I should say, right? Because I do think that this movie sort of it scuffs the line a little bit. I do think there is some problematic things in this movie. And the good thing about this um, podcast is it's still a bloody good film. Yeah, this is a really good movie. And I, you know, it's funny because it, I've I've read so many articles and essays this morning. Uh, with different takes on this movie. Some will tell you it's a feminist classic. Some people will tell you it's misogynistic, um, which yeah. is really, really interesting to me. But I will say um, I did find some problems. But when I watched it, the only major problem I had was ma- uh, Amy Yazbek's hair at the polo scene because it was <laughs> ridiculous. But after reading stuff about it, I see the problems but they aren't necessarily things that come straight to my mind. Right. Like, they're, well, we'll get into it. But there's just things that other people see in this movie that I don't. Right. Okay. So, right. Let's just start then. Let's just have your first problem. Okay. So all my problems are kind of, um, <laughs> they encompass the movie as a whole. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, I guess the first one to start with is the, 
the fact that so the the biggest problem that people seem to have with this movie is the whole um prostitution thing mm-hmm. and um you know like it's whitewashed you don't see like it's you know it's like pretty white hookers right um yeah. and i'm saying hooker because they say it in the movie normally i would mm-hmm. say sex worker um but i will slip and say hookers because they got it in my head uh but i very much do have respect for sex workers so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't want anyone to think i'm like uh, judging or whatever no, no, um, no. but there's i thought about it all morning that you know some people say it glamorizes it but it's like weird because it leans into stereotypes while also glamorizing some things which is really weird um or like you know because it starts off with they found a hooker in the dumpster right and she's yeah. dead and i think it's important that they show Stuff like that, because that's just a fact. Um, sex workers are, you know, more likely to, to be murdered um, than mm-hmm. non-sex workers. And I like that it's not... I actually expected this to be too squeaky clean in that aspect. Uh-huh. And I read, right before we started, you know, I read this essay from a by a sex worker... And some of the problems she had, I hadn't thought of, but some of the ones, uh, some of the problems she had, I had, oops, some of the problems she had, I had thought of. And like the, one of the biggest ones is when, uh, she's hurt by him and is going to leave early and he le- he gives her the money and she leaves it there. Mm-hmm. They should, my big problem, they should have consulted with a prostitute before making this movie yeah like i really really think they should have because it seems like they're trying to show some of the reality of it with like drugs and and murder and stuff but there's stuff like that where it's like i understand it's supposed to be like she's the hooker with the heart of gold and she's too proud to take that money but she has just spent days with him she has been made to feel bad about herself and she has to make rent. Like that money is life changing. Yeah. Okay. Like $3,000 is kind of, is almost life changing to me. (laughs) And I have, you know, a house and a, and like a quote unquote normal job and everything. Yeah. Like for her. And by the way, the translation, um, $3,000 in 1990 translates to, uh, $5,888.58 as of uh, April 2016. Right. And um, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and um, she would have taken it. Like, why wouldn't you? T- like, I actually judge her for not taking the money. Right. And that's the sort of thing that this woman was just like, that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, and also, like, she says it's not realistic for women to be talking about, like, maybe we should get a pimp. Although I do, I mean... Once again, that is the perspective of one sex worker. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to take everything she says as how it is for all sex workers, but that's a thing. But it's just like it's this weird balance where do you show more of a reality or do you glam it up? Because they're not call girls. No. You know, like that would be the more glamorous thing. But there is something about like because in the original script she was. Supp- she was a coke addict and part of the deal was that she doesn't do drugs that week. And I thought that would have been really interesting. And the other thing is that Kit dies of an overdose in the original script. And I guess that's something I read somewhere because I kept waiting for her to die and she never died. (laughs) 
But this is yeah. my like babbling way of saying like I I think that they got some of the sex worker stuff wrong, but I honestly don't know how they could have done it right. People would have had issues with it no matter what. Absolutely. I mean, people do. I mean, people still, like you said, there's people that say that this is a feminist classic and there's other people who say it's misogynistic yeah and 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 the thing is is like this is i mean this is technically this is a disney movie yeah and the fact that they they that it is as dark as it is even though the original script was so much darker mm-hmm. like that says something that's impressive um and i actually just read an interview with julia roberts where she like it's, it's a pretty recent interview where she was just like i shouldn't have been doing that original script it wasn't good or, like, that's not the kind of thing I would do. I wouldn't do it then. I wouldn't do it now. And she's like, thank God Disney bought it. Yeah. <laughs> and changed it. And she says she wouldn't have done it then. But, I mean, she was attached to it. Like, she she wasn't at a point in her career where she could be super picky. Yeah. Um, and what's really interesting to me is reading about all the people that turned this movie down. Yeah. Like, I don't – it wouldn't have been as good, I think. Their chemistry is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the age difference doesn't make me very happy, but <laughs> it's probably more realistic, I guess. Yeah. Comcast Business gets you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11 15, 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. See, that's one thing I never thought about. I never thought about the age difference, to be honest with you. When they started filming, like, they both had birthdays when filming, but I looked it up. When they started filming, she was 21, and he was 39. Right, okay. So it's an 18-year difference. And, by the way, Jason Alexander was 29 when they started filming this. What? (laughs) That means he was 29 when they started Seinfeld. He's always looked like he's in his 40s. Always. He... (laughs) He, the, the modern Jason Alexander would be Seth Rogen. Like, they are both actors that have always looked way too old. Like, if you watch, um, 40 year old virgin, I think Seth Rogen's like 2021 20, there. Yeah. And he looks like he's like 30. Yeah. How old is it's he ridiculous. supposed to be in that movie, though? Uh, I don't think they say. No, it's, but he's yeah. probably supposed to be, like, closer to, uh, Steve Carell's age, maybe. Maybe, or like, maybe around like late 20s, early 30s. You know, that's not the kind of movie where it matters a whole lot. No, no. But when um, the rapey character that Jason Alexander plays gets kicked out of the penthouse, he says that he's worked with him for 10 years. (laughs) And it's because he looks so damn old, we're going to believe that. Yeah, absolutely. It is shocking to me that he's 29. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought he was 29. But that, again, I wouldn't have thought Julia Roberts was 20, 21. I would have thought she was a little bit older than that. Well, I'm convinced that big hair makes women look older. Oh, that hair's amazing. <laughs> if you look, If you look at pictures of teens in the 80s, they look old. Yeah. 
and it's because of their big ass hair. I mean, usually the makeup's pretty bad too, but it's it's I I really think it's the big hair. Yeah. Well, I want to. I just want to praise Julia Roberts for that hair in this movie because that hair is gorgeous. So, like, reading the list of people who auditioned for this or were offered the role or whatever, like Michelle Pfeiffer turned this role down. Yeah. And she's a beautiful blonde woman. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people that turned it down were very like stereotypical what you would see in the movies. Redheads. Well, in the world of Amy Adams, like, you know, they do cast more redheaded women in leading roles these days. But, like, you're not going to get a, a redhead with, like, such beautiful hair. <laughs> like, that was just it. She had a different look mm-hmm. than what you usually get in movies. And I think that's part of what makes it special. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your first problem? Right. For a movie set in LA in 1990, this is an extremely white movie. Yes. Yeah, there's four four African-Americans that are counted in this movie. The chauffeur, a dude that's getting questioned by Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria's in this movie, everyone, for two <laughs> seconds. Um, <laughs> uh, the ranting man who bookends the movie and a hotel bellboy. So there's four. That's it. It's just kind of odd. Um that this movie is extremely... Well, it's not actually odd. It was 1990s. Well, it was... Well, it would have been 89, so... There's an argument to be made that some of that is correct, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to see a ton... At this point, you're not going to see a ton of black men in the business world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, today, you still don't see as many. <laughs> because It's a very... People are racist. People at the top are racist, and they hire <laughs> white men, yeah. right? Um, but a lot of the other scenes could have had black people or even like in the hotel, you can have black extras. Like it's, and that's the problem, right? Is that like, it's not even bad that like in his hoity toity world that it's mostly white because that is unfortunately more accurate, Mm -hmm. but it's just that like, you don't see other black people like hardly anywhere. And I don't even think there's a single Asian person. either. (laughs) There's just not, it's just, all white, all the time. It's very, very white, yeah. Though, I mean, as good as Hector Elizondo is, I think maybe the hotel manager sh- might have been, you know, should have been a black person. Yeah. You know, that might have, yeah. you know, leveled it up a little bit better. Um, yeah. But I'm also really glad that, like, the elevator guy isn't black, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, you're right, like, that is a good role for them to put a black person in. And have it be somebody who's successful to, like, show some representation. Because they should have, like, the the stuff on the streets in L.A. shouldn't be as completely white as it is. Yeah, true. But the only black guy you see in the street is the one that's ratting and raving. And, you know, clearly has mental health problems. So, you know, that's not particularly good. Um, but the thing about Hector Elizondo is he's uh, he's a Gary Marshall guy. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, well, in this movie, like I'm probably sometime this week gonna rewatch Princess Diaries because <laughs> Princess Diaries is just Gary Marshall redoing this movie um, <laughs> in a, in a kid's way, and I mean right down to like the the waiter. You know, who catches the escargot, like, the same guy plays a waiter in a scene where Anne Hathaway's character breaks a glass at dinner. <laughs> um, like, Hector Elizondo, like, has the same role. Like, yeah. it is, it is, it's, he's not even pretending. It's, I mean, 
I guess it's more he's just nodding to, like, his most successful movie. Or I'm assuming that was his most successful movie at that point. Yeah, probably. So, um, like, that's that's just a good double feature. And, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out my next problem. Um, I guess it's Edward in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he sucks. Yep. Um, I saw somebody say that he's the equivalent of Patrick Bateman <laughs> from American Psycho. Maybe not which, that bad, but... <laughs> I, yeah, he's almost that. Because I don't think anyone can come in and change Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman is a sociopath. Yeah. No woman could come in and make him, like, rethink his ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not that bad, but he is, like, he... He is just, like, this powerful guy who just, like, loves his power mm-hmm. and loves his money. And he, you know, like, when they when he hears that she was treated bad at a store, he gets upset about that. And he takes her into another store and is, like, going to spend an obscene amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I do love that. I love that he's, like, standing up for her and he's like, I'm going to help you get revenge. Yeah. And I'm going to make you feel good, uh, you know, and I'm going to make you feel the opposite of how those people made you feel. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, he does have good moments, clearly. But he's a dick to the people who work there. Yeah. Like, and I guess this is what I'm about to suggest is a trope with, like, rich guys in romantic comedies or whatever. But what I would have liked to have seen is if he, like, if they really want to show us that he he's different, that he has the potential to be different, is if he starts being nicer to the people who work for him, mm-hmm. the people who do things for him. Like, maybe even he doesn't need to be that from the beginning, but, like... Um, Hector Elizondo, like, he doesn't bother to know that guy's name. No. That guy is nothing to him. Like, anyone who works for him is nothing to him in this movie. And I would have liked to have seen him pay more attention to them, or even her point out that he could be nicer. Like, he he keeps telling Larry Miller to suck up. Yeah. And I can see how that's kind of funny. But it's also like, dude, you are just abusing your power right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but the other side of that, and this, I wrote this down as well, that he's really nice to her and good to her. And, but on the other hand, he treats her like a child a lot of the time. Anytime she slips up, anytime she slips up, he looks annoyed. And scolds her, tells her to stop fidgeting, tells her to get off the table, there's four other chairs there. It's like... She's yep. a grown-ass woman, man. Let her sit in the fucking table if she wants, you know what I mean? Once again, he'd be more likable if it was like he occasionally seemed amused by this stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, she is a breath of fresh air in his world, and I wish they had leaned in to that a little more. Yeah. Um. Although one thing I read in so many of the articles <laughs> about this movie is that um he was very active in his role, and Gary Marshall pulled him aside and was like, one of these characters is supposed to be moving and one is supposed to be stiff. Which one do you think you are? And I do like that because this is a guy who is just, he's like plastic. He's so just kind of in control of everything. Yeah. And doesn't show emotion. I still don't completely understand what he likes about her. I have a few things I suspect he likes about her, but I never really like, you don't get that kind of clear cut thing like, oh, she is different from everyone else. Because the way he reacts, he doesn't always seem to enjoy that, right? Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. He's I still don't know how I feel about him, but I know he could have been better written. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, just as you were saying that, I was just thinking, yeah, what does he, what does he see in her? Because she's wearing like the, that horrible blonde wig at the beginning, so he picks her up, he wants directions, and then he says, I want you to spend the night, and but he doesn't have, he's not interested in sex with her right away. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants, he just wants the, uh, you know, companionship, but then again, we learn at the beginning that he's not very good to be around mm-hmm. um, because he's never around, basically. We hear the conversation with his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I actually have a little bit of a defense of him yeah. um, against what other people seem to, to be saying. And that is, like, I've seen a lot of criticism about him wanting someone who's at his beck and call. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, from what we hear with his phone call where his girlfriend breaks up with him and also um, the conversation he has with an ex right after that, like, he's a terrible boyfriend. Like, you shouldn't expect, you know, your girlfriend to be at your beck and call. Like, she has her own her own life, her own agency. Um, although I do I do think it it is a good sign that he when he goes when he runs into that ex, he asks her if she talked to his assistant more than him, he was just oblivious to how shitty he is. And that he, he does seem to be having a moment where he's just like, I didn't realize that I was this shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's one of the things that makes him pick her up. Like, I think that he, yeah, she, you know, Vivian makes him want to change, but I think he's already kind of like, you know, he flees that party after this. And it's like he's already kind of like having to deal with the fact that he doesn't like who he is. Yeah. And this is a point that I like because I think it's a little more subtle. But I also think that I I overthink everything. And in life, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> in my personal life, that sucks. But in watching um, movies... It's nice because I think I see more depth sometimes than is even supposed to be there. But I, I think th- about things a little more and um, see a little more there. And I see maybe what the filmmakers were thinking. And your broad audience, they, go, they watch movies to not think. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to word this in a way where it doesn't sound like I'm saying they're stupid because I don't think they uh-huh. are or an observant. But I think people are going to watch it and uh, take what you give them on the surface. Yeah, movies are supposed to be an escape. Yeah. And so while there's a lot of things in this that I will argue with people about because um, I see something that they that I think they don't and that I like that it's subtle, I don't think a big movie like this should necessarily be subtle. Right. Because that's not how people watch movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I think that it's interesting that he seems to be kind of thinking about that. And I honestly think that him hiring Vivian for the week, um, and I, I think a lot of people mistake it as he just wants someone to have sex with for the week. Yeah. But like, honestly, this, this is a guy who needs a partner who's just going to be there to like be with him at events he like while he does have sex with her i don't even get the feeling he cares that much about sex Mm -hmm. i think that he all he cares about is business all he cares about is work Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's actually smart of him to hire someone to just do what he wants um, in this kind of situation, because he shouldn't be putting someone through that who who might get emotionally attached. Yeah. Like, he's hiring this woman to do a job that, like, it is cruel of him to ask girlfriends to do. Right. So, and your second problem, you went from um, saying that he's a wash to defending him. So that's, that's it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. I agree with you. <laughs> well, no, and that's, that's the thing. This movie is so incredible. I am sorry, but, like, I have rarely experienced this with a movie where it's like, I agree with people's problems with it. I really do. I see the problems, but I also see the counter to yeah. them. Like, this movie, I, I think that a lot of art, you know, some of your best art is going to be stuff that you can argue about stuff that people are going to come at from all kinds of different angles. Yeah. This is kind of perfect for that, right? Uh-huh. Like depending on who's watching it and how they're watching it. Like I read so many opinions from both men and women and they really do kind of cover the spectrum. Like I saw a lot of women saying that this um, movie is all about the male gaze, right? Mm-hmm. That like this shouldn't have been made by a man. It should have been made by a woman. And that they like, you know, them showing her getting ready to go out for to work for the evening and stuff. Like, it's everything so sexual, right? Wow. I was wa- I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, this is a movie made by a man in 1990, and I don't feel like the male gaze is as bad as it is now. No, like, it's true, but there's, I think the problem that some people, that those people have with it is that the movie opens up with a shot of her ass. Okay, yeah, that's... I forgot about that. <laughs> well, and I also think maybe it would have been more effective if we showed him getting ready to... Yeah. Um, for, like, you know, for his his party. I don't know, but it's... I felt like, considering there's so many shots of her body... Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, a body double's body. <laughs> well, yeah. I just didn't feel like there was... There was... I'm not going to say there are no gratuitous shots. Although... Then you question, is it, how gratuitous is it if you're showing a sex worker? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly don't feel equipped to have an opinion. No. I feel like it's not as bad as I expected it to be. Yeah. They could have shown, it could have been so much worse. I mean, the original script, it could have been that, so. Oh my God. (laughs) That goes, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but I have this whole thing where like, if we're going to be remaking tons of movies, I would love to see people when doing remakes, just make the original script or idea. Yeah. The original script that ends with her getting chucked out of a car <laughs> and getting money chucked yeah. at her. She's just lying there in a, in an alleyway, that original script. <laughs> yeah. I well, and, but I would also love to see <laughs> the ending. I like in my head is that they don't, necessarily get together but he's just spent i mean it must have been like thousands and thousands of dollars on a new wardrobe for her right yeah i like the idea of her giving herself a promotion and becoming a call girl yeah exactly because she now is better equipped especially since she has spent more time in the society and has learned you know how to behave at (laughs) dinner parties and stuff even if she wasn't exactly perfect which i like i like that she doesn't have like a montage of being taught you know the right fork and stuff and then all of a sudden is perfect at dinner yeah but she is now better equipped to (laughs) go to a higher level and be a call girl and make better money comcast business gives you fast gig speed internet 
And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials, so you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Our homes today are like little cities full of different internetting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. I'll just sort of throw something back in your face here, Jen. Um, okay. If we're going back to our um, Can't Hardly Wait discussion that we had a few weeks ago, where you were adamant that they had to get together at the end. Yeah. So why is it different here? Well, look, I like that they get together at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know what? I, I kind of wish that if they got together at the end, that it was that she had like gone... Maybe she, you know, goes back to school or something. Like maybe she, yeah. she rescues herself from this life that she doesn't love, mm-hmm. and um, doesn't necessarily need him. Like I would like if when he came to her, she had already taken care of herself. I, yeah. I like that idea, but I, this is the kind of movie where I'm torn, right? Like I'm torn between the idea of the Cinderella ending. And the realistic ending. Um, but even though they have really good chemistry, and I do think, I think it's impressive that they spend, while it shows that they've had sex, right? Like it shows them mm-hmm. they get in bed together and stuff. They have a lot of conversations. Like these are two people that I believe are falling in love because they're actually mm-hmm. sharing their lives with each other and um, sharing their past with each other. And that's something I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. The fact that like, they talk a lot in this movie. They, yeah, they, do, yeah. they, they, I, I have no doubt they fall in love, but I also just kind of like the idea that, I mean, this didn't work out because they're from two different worlds and because he was paying her to be there. Right. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know that there's any ending where I'm thinking that's the perfect ending for this movie. I think there's a lot of possibilities. Um, well, doesn't she say that she's going to go back to school? I mean, I know he comes back to her then, but I mean, she still can. I, I I know that she says she's going to finish high school. I can't remember if she yeah. said necessarily that she was going back to school. Right. Um, like, I really... And, and like, why San Francisco, right? Like, I, I, I prefer the idea that she, like... You know, I, I would actually prefer the idea that... Of the combination of the two things I said, that she becomes a call girl and starts making more money... But she um, uses the money to put herself through school. Yeah. Well, you would know. You know that um, if they made a sequel to this in the nineties, it would have been. I mean, he lives in New York, so it would have been called um, Pretty Women Two, Pretty in New York. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the the whole the idea of going back to school that actually goes to Kit. That goes to Kit's character because she says she's going to beauty school. She's taking, you know lessons and that sort of thing at the end so that's a good it's not just Vivian that's getting out of the business it's also Kit who's trying to get out of the business as well and I like that rather than killing Kit off which would have been terrible because Kit's adorable but yes Laura uh, Sangiacomo can we just just take a second to appreciate how fantastic she is 
She's really good in this. She's, she's so, good. so good. Like if this, so, like, if they well, did a sequel, it should be about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finding a rich man. <laughs> oh, she. See, the thing is, like, I don't think she can do that because the thing is, is she doesn't have that same charm that no. that that Julia Roberts does. Like, I don't think she's gonna win over a guy that rich. Like, she might. She might win over a guy, uh, like a middle class guy or something, mm-hmm. but she's not gonna. There's, there's just something about Vivian. Yeah. That I don't know. And I, 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 one thing that bothers me is just the idea that, like, you know, when he's watching her watch I Love Lucy, and she's mm-hmm. laughing and stuff, I'm thinking that he likes her because she's childlike. Right. Well, he does treat her like a child. But then I realize, like. Really, it's she's happy. Like yeah. it could be read as she's happy. He's not happy, and honestly, it doesn't look like anyone in his world is happy. No, that's true. And she's she's doing pretty good. Like she's she is having a good time, just sitting there on the floor watching "I Love Lucy," which is something that like she can do in her own home. Like, yeah, now she has nicer food, but like this isn't even something she's enjoying because she's like. Because of money, right? Yeah. She's enjoying it. She's having a good time watching TV. You think you think Edward ever watches TV? Except, like, nope. the news or something? Yeah. Also, that Edward... I mean, I'm not one to shit on Edward. I don't like the fact that he treats her like a kid. And one of the scenes where she's talking to someone else, and he says, I saw you talking to him. I didn't like it. It's like, fuck off, right? But... I do like the fact that he does learn from her, mm-hmm. and the fact that she's happy despite her, you know, life, um, and he makes the old man at the end happy. He doesn't do it for any reason other than the fact that it's the right thing to do. Um, he doesn't do it for because he knows it's going to piss Stucky off. He knows it's going to, you know, it might. Um, fuck, he's coming up a little bit. They're not going to make as much money as they were going to. But he does it because he saw this old man and he, the old man knew his dad. The old man probably reminded him of his dad and the relationship that he didn't have with his dad. And it also sort of maybe cleared some of the guilt that he had with his dad. Yeah. For not seeing his dad and then his dad dying and stuff. Um, so I liked that part of Ed. I do think that Edward ultimately is a good person. He just doesn't treat her right for the majority of the movie. But then also, like, when he tells you the story of his past, like, he didn't, I don't think he saw his mother treated right. Yeah. Like, he did not, he did not have a good, a good role model. Exactly. So it's not shocking that he treats women like this, especially when he's in a world with people like uh, Jason Alexander's character. Stucky, yeah. But yeah, did we even get to your second problem? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask you, and then you brought up Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I did write down that about Edward treating her like a child. Trying to come up with like really major problems about this film was difficult. So that's why my second problem is everyone fawns over, fawns over the penthouse suite and says the penthouse suite is the best suite in the place, and I don't think that room looks nice at all. I don't think it's an impressive room. 
Well, That's my second problem. Um, I I was kind of bothered by the fact that if it's the nicest room and it's yeah. the penthouse suite, why is there only one bedroom? Yeah. Because the thing is, that first night, he doesn't even sleep with her. He sleeps on the couch. Huh? And, uh... I really feel like the penthouse would have more than one bed. It, I think it would be better if there were two rooms and he did sleep in a separate room. And as they fall in love, they move into the same room. Yeah. Um, like there's some things they could have done differently that really shows the change in their feelings. Mm-hmm. Like the, the essay I read from the sex worker, she was like, why is this woman going by her real name when she's working? Right, like yeah. why like why wouldn't she have a different name um and and i had that thought too and i'm watching i'm like really like Viv- she just uses her real name i mean she doesn't even use her real hair but she uses her real name yeah and um the woman pointed out that it would have been more interesting if she had been going by her fake name and then as she falls in love with him she tells him her real name which shows that she is being more real with him and even at the end even at the end, yeah. that's like, by the way, my name is Stephen Fabian. So, what is your third and final problem, Jen? Okay, much like everything else, a lot of this is based on other people's complaints. Right. So, since so many people feel this way, I will consider this a problem, but my problem is with their problem. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, my problem is um, people complain about the materialism. Like the um, the romanticizing of consumerism in this movie, yeah, and um, they have a big problem with it, and that it looks like all your problems can be solved with money. Um, I don't watch it that way. I think that once again, that is the sort of opinion you form, like more at a surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that other people's opinions are wrong, but it's just like I can see how you would see that just by like you know casually watching it. But first of all. When you haven't had money and all of a sudden you can go on Rodeo Drive and buy whatever you want, like, I think it's completely realistic to have someone really enjoy that. Of course. And <laughs> to to show the excitement of that kind of shopping montage, because I think that most people would feel that way. Yeah, like, absolutely. I would. My husband would love that. He would love it if someone came along and gave him their credit card and was like, go to the fancy stores and buy all the clothes. That's not just a female fantasy, but, um, I really like, even though it shows like, it's nice to have nice things. It's nice to be in the supposed nicest room in the hotel. It's nice to have all these clothes. I mean, Richard Gere doesn't seem happy. Like, I just, I don't agree with the idea that this movie makes it seem like money buys happiness. Yeah. Or that it glamorizes it because it shows that like, yeah, it's kind of cool to live your dream for a few minutes, but she's, while some things about it do make her happy, she, like, a lot of stuff with the money makes her feel really bad. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I just don't get that same feeling. I don't know. I just don't see how people glamorize a lot of the things in this movie. Yeah. But I understand it's so common that, like, I'm the weirdo. <laughs> Um, and along those lines, I do want to say, um, even though I just truly enjoy it, and while I was watching it, I saw no problems besides Amy Aswick's hair in that one scene. <laughs> Reading about it, I forgot that this is the movie that managed to convince generations of men that a sex worker just wants you to save her. Yeah. And that she can and will fall in love with you. After this, you know, it's like, 
you know, strippers and prostitutes, like all kinds of sex workers would then like have men like claim they were in love with them, which I'm sure happened before, but like now they have this, this example, right. And an example in a movie that women love, which doesn't help, right. Like if a woman tells you she loves this movie, you're going to think like, this is the woman's dream. Right. Yeah. And I, I read, I read an interesting quote. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't write down where I heard it, but, um, somebody had pointed out that when women watch it, they don't want to be her. Uh, the dream is to be Edward and uh, wield that power for yourself. And that's the truth is like, I mean, I'm sure there's some women who want to be Vivian, but for the most part, we just want to be him. We want to be the successful ones yeah. with the money and the power. Um, that's like, cause if they actually last as a relationship, which I don't believe they do, um, she's going to be the trophy wife. Yeah. And she's not going to, like, because I don't believe he completely changed. He's still going to be in the business world. He's still going to be having to go to all these functions and stuff. And she's going to be the arm candy. And maybe maybe she's his confidant, right? Like, maybe she helps him make business decisions. But she's not going to get to be her own person. I want to be him. Right. Yeah. Just what you were saying there about them. I don't think they're going to stay together. Um, I don't think they would last as a couple. But I do think that both of them, I can see them maybe still being close and being friends because I do think that they have that bond where they save each other. Yeah. Well, I would love it if he was her benefactor. Yeah. Right. Like if he, like if he, and, and there's a way you could propose this without it being degrading, right? <laughs> without it being insulting, like pay for her home, pay for her school, help her achieve whatever she wants to achieve which by the way he says she could be so much more she never shows any interest in anything like we don't there's there's no imagining like oh she becomes a lawyer or an artist or something because we don't know enough about her to know what she wants to do or if she has anything she wants to do but it would be interesting if he was her benefactor and if she becomes successful enough to pay him back you know maybe she does i think there's a way to do that where it's not insulting and it's and it's more interesting to me than getting together with her romantically because then it's not about sex at all yeah um I want to be Kit. So, uh... <laughs> but yeah, I'd be Kit. What's your third problem? Uh, okay, I struggled. I really struggled. <laughs> um, when she's doing the whole montage thing of being in the store and talking to uh, Larry Miller, and then she says, I like that tie. I think Edward does like that tie. And then she gets the tie off the man. And then later on... Um, she's wearing the tie and nothing but the tie. But then later on, Edward is wearing the tie, and someone says, that's a nice tie. It's not a nice tie. It's an ugly fucking tie. <laughs> that's a horrible, horrible tie. That's my first problem. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're over here talking about class and sex workers. <laughs> And consumerism, yeah. and you're talking about a tie. Yeah, I mean, for for a long time, my pro- my the only problem I had written down was Amy Yasbeck's hair. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and her hair looks so good in an earlier scene. Like it really, it it really bothers me. The '80s, and this counts as the '80s because yeah. it's filmed in the '80s. Yeah, anyway, hair was bad. Yeah. yeah, sure was. I had long hair in the '80s. I was a child, but I had long hair in the 80s. <laughs> uh, and now, I shaved my head last night. Not very well, 
But I shaved my head <laughs> last night. So, it's time for positives. What is your positive, Jen? Um, I really liked the movie. It's really good. Yeah, that's um, mine. I, when, when, we're, when we're talking about movies, yeah. I, you know, I'm watching them, obviously, trying to come up with my problems. Yeah. And... I mean, if it's a movie I haven't seen as much, yeah, I'm going to get a little more into the movie. Mm -hmm. But I really, like, I was just into into the movie so much I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't trying as hard as I normally do to find something because it's just, I actually just think it's a good movie. And the acting is good. Gary Marshall, like, I honestly expected it to be way worse because, look, I love Gary Marshall. God rest his soul. But uh, towards the end, his movies weren't so great. Right. I'm thinking uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. And Valentine's Day, which, first of all, Dylan and I enjoy Valentine's Day, but that is a bad movie. (laughs) Like, I've seen it multiple times. It is not good. And New Year's Eve, I really didn't like, and I never saw Mother's Day. But he was just like, at a certain point, he just started making these, like, fluffy, light movies that, you know, there's, like, no substance. Right. Right. And this was not that. (laughs) This was darker than what I'm used to. Like, the the movies that come to mind when I think of Gary Marshall. Yeah. And so and maybe I liked it so much because my expectations were so low. But I just really, really loved it. And I the only other thing I have to add is um, what I forgot to mention in the materialistic problem, in my third problem, ah. is that um, I have a problem with the fact that when she's walking down the street... Um, because she's a pregnant woman. I... Yeah, I, I wasn't meaning to quote the song, but I realized what I did after I said it. But when this pretty woman's walking down the street yeah. and she's dressed up all nice and she goes to that store where they rejected her, mm-hmm. um, which is like the most iconic moment from this movie besides like him snapping the uh, necklace, the jewelry case <laughs> shut on her. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and that's, that was real. So, you know. Yeah. That's that's, it, it, well, God, she, and she has an amazing laugh. That laugh's <laughs> that's a yeah. real laugh. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> but that, you know, the shopping thing's so iconic, but she's walking down the street and everyone's looking at her, right? Mm-hmm. I call bullshit. Yeah. It's more interesting when she's going and she's dressed in her, um, sex worker clothes she's getting all the looks because she looks out of place but the point with her being all dolled up like that like with the new clothes is that she looks completely in place exactly she looks like she belongs there so no one should be paying attention to her because the point is she should be normal yeah like there's it's not like these people know who she is they're not look they can't be looking at her like oh look at that makeover that girl just got they don't know and so that actually really bothered me because what's what's more interesting is if she just looks normal and no one's staring at her like they did before so i guess i guess i did have a huge problem with that but (laughs) um beyond like that and the hair thing i watching it like i had to i had to actually think to find problems yeah no it's a good film it is, and that's my positive as well. It's a good movie, but I think a lot of that is down to Vivian just, like, being the best. I <laughs> think it's just, if her character wasn't as good as it is, I think this film would suffer. And if Julia Roberts just wasn't so damn charming in it, then yeah. I think this film wouldn't be the same. And I will point out, my you know, my husband was walking through the room as I was finishing it up, and I was telling him I was having trouble coming up with problems, and he's like, you don't have a problem with the fact that when Jason Alexander is trying to rape her, that, like, he, Edward has to come to her rescue? And I'm like, no, because that's realistic. Like, yeah. unfortunately, uh, in most situations, the man can overpower the woman 
and she would have been raped if he hadn't shown up. Stuck it as the worst, and the fact that he's also married. Oh my and, god! You know, he's just he does he has no qualms about um because uh, he actually does say to Vivian, "Why don't you and I, you know, have sex sometime?" Uh, and he's married, but mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with um, I'm with you rather than Dylan. Um, I I have no problem with um, Edward saving her at the end. Um, you're right. Yeah, he wasn't top. And he did surprise her. Um, but the problem I have with it is nothing really happens to Stucky. He gets punched and then that's it. Yeah, and I, I thought about that. And I do have a problem mm-hmm. with that, right? But also, I mean, isn't that incredibly realistic? Uh, I suppose... I would like to see them get maybe punched a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he gets fired. Yeah, he gets fired, but I would like to see maybe a hard punch in him as well at one point. Or just both of them just ganging up and just kind of shout at him. That would have been great. I, f- I have this problem where I I love when things are realistic a little yeah. too much. Um, because I, if anything, I think that when people like that get properly punished in movies, it unfortunately gives us an idea that that happens in the real world. That's true. And I do think as somebody who has had a lot of my views of the world shaped by pop culture only to realize that it's all bullshit, um... (laughs) That's the that's the kind of thing that's important to me. Although I would understand, I I understand the perspective that you know some have that when you have a character like that that doesn't get properly punished, that it does show men they can get away with it. I mean, the problem isn't that he didn't get arrested or anything. The problem is that Edward doesn't lock the door and just you know beat the shit out of him and got nothing to do it as well. <laughs> I think that would have been better. Yeah, I would love to see her kick him. Kick him right in the bollocks that would have been great oh, well i want her to put on her thigh highs and kick yeah. in with that heel yeah that would have been great <laughs> right in the balls um in business things move quickly you have to be ready to shift pivot adapt then do it all over again comcast business gives you fast reliable internet on the nation's largest gig speed network and now ask how to get fast shipping with amazon business prime essentials Wow, that was fast. So no matter what comes next, you can do more than bounce back. You can bounce forward. Offer ends 11 15, 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast business service. New Amazon Business Prime essential members only. Yeah, so, okay, that was a discussion about a movie. <laughs> but, yeah, good film. Highly recommend. Um, not that we do that sort of thing, but, yeah, highly recommend. Uh, so, that's all we have time for. You can... Contact the show, contact at shiftyveg.co.uk. You can find me on Twitter at DropThePilotPod, which is the name of my other podcast, Drop the Pilot, which I haven't recorded <laughs> in such a long time, but I will at some point. <laughs> um, where can the people find you on the internet, Jen? Um, I am at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, uh, and that is my podcast that I haven't recorded in even longer. I also <laughs> have a podcast about Party 5 called Closer to Free, and that one I have recorded in recent days. <laughs> right. So, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.